2: We might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116 123. That's 116 123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm Mike Scott and joining me are Cara Skipper and Patrick O'Connor as we have a look back at the visit of Sean Dice's Burnley to Selhurst, which saw Palace frustrated and held to a one-all draw. We'll also have a quick look ahead to our fifth round midweek game against Stoke and first we'll cover Palace news this week. Right, a quick hello from you both, Patrick. We've uh, interrupted your golf watching, I apologise. No, actually, yeah, okay. I haven't
3: gone to that yet, but I did watch the League Cup final today That was very enjoyable, by the way. <sighs>
0: I'll tell you what. Got to be the worst substitute in history, hasn't it? Taking off, (laughs) uh, yeah. Taking off Mendy, who oh, I thought was the player of the game. Absolutely agree. Kepa, who's who's had previous. Then the way he acted between the penalties, and then was it was it worse than Hennessy's penalty?
3: It wasn't worse, but again, the whole thing of him three years ago, whatever it was, with the whole thing of Man City, and then. And Mendy's played so well. Why would you take him off? And you're right, Mike, he played so well. The save against Mane was one of the best I've ever seen in my life. What a a save that was. Brilliant.
0: Ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, ridiculous. I've got no particular skin in the game, but um, it was great great to see him miss that. Cara, how are you doing?
4: I'm good. I'm good. I By contrast, was at the beach all day today, so that was nice. No football in sight, uh, unfortunately. uh, No
0: No, no clouds in sight. No what? No clouds in sight. No yeah,
4: clouds in sight. That's right. It was absolutely stunning. It was great.
0: It's a beautiful part of the world, I tell you. That's that's why I moved down here. It's just pretty annoying getting to Sellers. <laughs> right, Palace news this week. Keep it keep it short and sweet. Today, at the day of recording, Sunderland women, nil. Palace women, one. Long trip up there. Um, if I remember rightly, I, I think this was a, a rescheduled game after a frozen pitch. Um, Molly May sharp with the winner on the hour. Absolutely excellent. Good to see. So close to being second in the league. Um, just two points behind Bristol City in second. Separates Bristol and, and Palace in fifth. Charlton above Palace on goal difference, but otherwise, you know, they could. finish I mean, Liverpool going to win win the win the win the league this year, but they could easily come second. Imagine imagine them in the top tier. Be special. And otherwise, it wasn't broadcast, so we, we can't really comment it, on it. But the under-18s game before the uh, the first-team game on on, on Saturday, uh, it was Norwich 0, Palace 1, with Victor Akinwali scoring the winner. Um, excellent stuff. They carry on climbing up the league, doing well in third at the moment, above Chelsea, um, a game in hand above West Ham. So it, it's possible... Uh, if results go their way that Palace could actually be top uh, next game or certainly by the time they've played 18 so uh, it's very good times for those under 18s and that's all we've got for this week unless either of you would like to add anything else?
3: No, that's no. good. No.
0: Good, right. Well, let's hit the Burnley game. Um, I, we We're not going to go through We're not going to go through the the, the fine comb detail that we usually do with games, just because it was, if I can describe it in a nasty way, quite a nothing game. Um, I I know uh, Sam of this parish, um, producer Sam, he's heavily pregnant, came up um, public transport, some, some rail placement bus services up from where she lives and, um, asked her afterwards if it was worth it she just went no (laughs) in that same way so um yeah I'd like you to both give me a quick 30 second synopsis of your thoughts on the game before we hit a few points Patrick start with you
3: I thought again um it was a good point I mean if you had told me before that we would have gotten four points from Watford and Burnley I would have taken it I actually said that so I'm happy with that I mean people disrespect Burnley they've lost one in seven that was to Liverpool um, Daesh is a good manager. Keeps them up all the time. They, you know, they have a very good chance of staying up. So I'm, I have no problem with that point. I really don't.
0: No, yeah, absolutely. agreement. Cara, quick thirty seconds from you, and then if you could just explain to the listeners your uh, your Luka predictions pre-game as well
4: It was quite extreme um yeah i think the game was if you're being polite you'd maybe call it interesting right but like not particularly entertaining but like, i agree with um patrick in terms of if we looked on paper at like the points we've taken away in the score lines of the last two games we'd be really happy with it but i think we the first half like it felt towards the end of the first half like we should like, like we kind of were two or three up but we, only one of them had actually gone in. And then the second half starting bizarrely um, with the own goal um, was then just, yeah, just really, really boring. And like I don't know, it, it was just bizarre. It was a weird environment as well. Um, but no, my my prediction, I was feeling quite negative going into the game, um, mostly because I just felt like we don't have the luck to win 4-1 and then go and win again a couple of days later. Um, and then with Luca back, I was absolutely convinced he was just going to... Uh, Quite literally, see red and like fly kick someone or someone something and get sent off. As it happened, he just scored no goal. But um, I don't know which one I would have preferred to be honest.
3: I jokingly predicted before the game that when I saw the lineup, people were moaning about Schlupp and Luca that they both score. So I was kind of right, <laughs> kind of right.
4: <laughs> Technic- technically correct.
0: <laughs> well, great! I'm sure listeners will be very, very happy to hear that. Um, no, that I, I've, I've rewatched that own goal a couple of times and it, it only gets worse and it's the kind of I watched match of the day for what seems like the first time this season and the Burnley players were sort of laughing as they I think it was Aaron Lennon, just, just laughing as he talked through it and it's just like, oh, fuck off, just, ah. um, you know, Zaha was on the floor at the end. They were absolutely gutted that they that they didn't win that game. Um, absolutely should have done. 11, 11 shots, um, eight of them from open play, What's interesting is we had more long passes than than Burnley, so we we out Burnley Burnley. But I reckon of those eighty-one long balls, eighty of them were from Anderson. So, um, yeah, it, it, it was a game. It, it's really hard to feel too disappointed because same as Patrick, I'd said on Twitter, I'd be happy with with uh, four points from the and and a lot of people in the concourse before the game stand in the sun saying, well, you know, I think we'll, we'll get a point. This is going to be a tough game. As you say, their form's been incredible. They didn't really create that much, i got to say. Um, I thought we, we did pretty well at, at keeping them at arm's length a lot of the time. It's just that 10-minute that period in the second half where they looked really threatening, um, where they scored the goal that was offside. That's when their, their fans let off a... Um, a firework thing. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Flair. Yeah. 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 Um, So they got some uh, from us. That was good. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's not, there's not a great deal to say. Um, I
4: think the the frustrating one for this one, I think is the like so many potential chances we had. Like, Whereas I think the couple, excluding Watford, the couple of games before Watford, I think there was a frustration that our build-up was quite slow and we were kind of preventing ourselves from being able to use the creativity that we had on the pitch. And that just wasn't wasn't there for for this game. Like, I felt like we were kind of whipping balls into the box and getting it across. And then there was just no one on the end of it. And if we could have had somebody getting on the end of a couple more of them, like Jeff got on the end of the one that he scored, like that was how our goals were going to go in. But we just seemed to then have nobody on like around to to tap it in um Matetta obviously coming on could have provided that but he just seemed to get his legs tangled every single time um which is frustrating and i don't pretend to uh, have been able to do a better job of it than him so this is not me slating him really but it was just that was the most frustrating thing for me is that we got so close so many times and just couldn't quite um get it in the back of the net really which is very frustrating especially when you come away one all
3: I want to add that um, I know we brought on Kiato very late, but I thought we did a really good job late in that match because despite the fact people are frustrated at the, just getting the point, we easily could have lost that match yeah, based on the fact that Red Horse had that header uh, that um, Butler made a really good save on. So the fact that we got the point and we've all seen and complained all year about how we've lo- lost games late. So again, I'll take that point based on the fact that we were able to at least close that out and get the point.
0: Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a really good point, Patrick. Um, we, would definitely I didn't feel nervous towards the end. Um, and I wanted to talk about Jack Butland. We have two chants going from the homestale for him. Is he winning Palace fans over? Let's temper this by saying that Cara seems to have some weird obsession with him. <laughs> um,
4: I do have if you, weird if, obsession with
0: him. Well, if you, I'm just saying if you if you if you take your weird <laughs> Butland-loving hat off, um, is he is he winning the Palace fans over? Because, you know, most people don't want to see anything other than Guaita.
4: Yeah, no, I think he has. And I think we've said this before, uh, but I think it stemmed from the Millwall match. Like, that apology that he, he came and gave to the fans at the end um, for his mistake there. And I think since, like, we've seen his reaction to... Um, uh, the fans when you know we're absolutely jumping and and when he can see what a performance means to us there was a lovely moment at the Watford game um, just after our fourth goal um, where he kind of looked back at the fans and like did his kind of celebration at the fans but then just stood there for a moment with like this grin on his face looking up at us and you could see that he was just soaking in like what this meant to us and that it kind of meant something to him so I think he's just I think he's kind of he's given us that connection that obviously like all fans love. And I think he's really showing that he's working hard and he's, and he's getting better. Like that, that save that Patrick mentioned before was like, was absolutely brilliant and was a kind of almost Gator-esque save. I think the one thing that I would say is that the, the kind of defensive mistakes that are happening, I wonder if a cup a few of them are a kind of lack of either confidence or certainty uh between the back four and butland so like uh the goal that we conceded um at uh was it Watford where he just got basically completely penned in and like couldn't get anywhere near it right. um and then i felt like also luca luca's kind of own goal was was that because he didn't know was was jack butland not shouting that he had it covered it all, obviously it all happens very quick so i'm i'm not kind of asking for miracles but i just feel like there's maybe that's the bit of his game um, between him and the back four, that needs to improve because they don't quite seem to be one defence yet. I think.
3: Yeah, interesting. Um, Butland's are uh, interesting for me now. As far as I'm concerned, we've only really had two top quality Premier League keepers. First off, it being Spironi and then for me, Guaita. In between, we had people like you know McCarthy, Hennessy. But I have to admit, Butland's kind of growing on me. The the Millwall mistake. Irked me at the time. He did a great job of bouncing back, him and the team, and getting that win, obviously. I always wonder, worry a little bit when the balls are played back to him. But he really has come up with some... I always thought about with D on the play ratings. He, he makes the saves he has to make. You know, Unfortunately, he has given up two own goals. Not his fault, you know, Brighton and yesterday. But honestly, I think he's starting to be a, a really good you know, back up to the point where you have to kind of think at, you know, at some point, is he going to really challenge Guaita for, for the you know, number one job? But I think he's done a really good job so far. Honestly, he's, he's starting to grow on me for sure.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree. I just, I, I think it's just the way that Vieira likes the ball to go back to the keeper, right. then go out to Anderson. I just don't think he's in the same league as Guaita. Agree. agree. Um,
4: well, he does he, take his own goal kicks. A
3: good point.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, there's a, there's only really one other thing I wanted to bring up about the game, and then we'll, we've got some listener comments. Um, so we had 11 shots. Seven of them came from Elise and Zahar co- combined. Obviously, Schlapp with one for the goal. Mateta didn't manage to get one in at all. Um, are we relying on those from the left cutbacks from those two now? Because because the amount of goals that have gone in far post, is that, um, is that becoming too much of a thing? Or am I reading too much into it? Or, or am I being harsh?
3: Honestly, I'm liking the link-up play between the two of them. Oh, really. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, N- Nothing wrong with yeah, it. Yeah, I think it's been great. Um, as far, you know, As far as your comment about we, relying on it too much, I, I, I think it kind of worked for us. Um, honestly, there was a ball that was played in yesterday by, I'm going to say, at least a that Mateta didn't even move for. And um, I, my comment was that, you know, people talk about how they quote-unquote easy the schlup goal was, but honestly, uh, strikers don't necessarily, you know, get the foot on the end of that. So I, I think that we're not really relying on it. We're getting more shots. I mean, what was it? The uh, Brentford game, we had no shots at all, what, four matches mm-hmm. ago? Now we're getting 11 and 12 shots on there. I mean, it's going to come. I mean, eventually when Edward gets back in line, which is going to happen for me very soon, I think we'll start to see a lot more shots and hopefully a lot more shots go in.
0: Well, I mean, you're you pretty much echoing what Vieira said post-match. Um, when he was asked about the the performance the last couple of games, he said, well, I don't really care about the last couple of games. I care about the progression of the, of the season. Yep. And if you've watched us all season, you can see how much better we are um, in terms of, of build-up playing game forward. And I, I, I can't really see even the most staunch anti-PV personnel in the crowd disagreeing with that. Compare the 3-0 defeat on the first day to now. And I mean, it is coming along pretty damn well. And let's not forget, Zaha hit the post. Beautiful move. Um, We we were unlucky. We were, what, the width of a post away from from a win. Um
4: I think it's easy to but, forget as well, like how quickly Elise has grown into the player that we're seeing now. Cause he was not that of the when you know when he was first playing. Those first couple of games that he started, you know, we said, Oh, he's not quite ready to start. And then already he's this like key player that is just storming it and like you say, linking up and and I don't know he's already becoming part of our team identity, if that makes sense. Whereas, and we have to give, like, not just Elisa himself for working hard, but we have to give Patrick Vieira, like, huge credit for that because that is like a kind of blueprint for how you bring on a young player and don't put too much pressure on them and just kind of guide them into having the confidence that we're seeing him have on the pitch now.
3: 100%. I just want to throw a couple of stats out there. Um, He's got five assists and only eight starts. But 5 his over 20 games in the Premier League. And the fact of the matter is he's really come leaps and bounds. Cara is 100% right. I love the way Vieira has taken his time. He could have easily have forced him in there, you know, just mm. drop Ayo and said, let's play him every game. No, he's done the right thing in bringing them on. He's coming on leaps and bounds. The Wolf and, and him connections is, is scary. Honestly, it's for me. It's it's as Mike said. It's exciting to watch, but it's very scary. And I think that you know, in the, the future is really bright with him. And imagine again having Edward as one of the three, where you can really interchange the three of them up front. How do you really stop that? So again, Mike makes a great point. I just liked what Vieira was doing as far as the lineups and the changing around and the style of play. I mean, again, I'm not going to bang on about it, but watching Hodgson for the last two years, and again him for keeping us up but the style of play is so much different and so much more exciting to watch even if we don't win every game which we're not going to do anyway because we're Palace, just watching them play the way they're playing to me just it just just, it's i'm loving it right now i really am
0: yeah there's definitely shades of the zahar balassi brief period where that that really was at zenith um yeah rather than us going on anymore let's 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 have some comments from you the listeners so um we put out a tweet earlier um, and the theme, I'll say in the replies, is is fairly heavy rather than complimenting us, um, perhaps having less than nice words to say about Burnley. But we'll go through them anyway. Chris Chantry, how Burnley got away with bullying the opposition like it's the 1980s. By a 10-minute spell when they look like a bat, just look to wipe out Wilfelice and anyone else that dared to control the ball. Before we slated, Luka had a good yet unspectacular game before the OG. Um, Okay, that's two big points there. Burnley, I mean, they're doing what they need to do, aren't they, right now? Um,
4: They're uh, They're the kind of team that if I was a Burnley fan, I'd be like, I absolutely love how they just like get into them. They never give up. You know, they give their play. But when you're on the receiving end of it, you're like, ref, come on, (laughs) protect the players.
0: The good times of it when Pulis was the manager. Yeah, right. Exactly,
4: exactly.
3: Exactly. And just dropping that point about Luca. I mean, I know he had the own goal, but honestly, I thought he played really well, especially the first half. I really thought he did a great job of screening, broke up play, Passed very simply, connected the play. I thought he played really well. It's a real it's a real shame because I think some of the fan base can't wait for him to make a mistake and then say how he played rubbish. But he didn't play rubbish yesterday. He played really well, I thought, up to the point he was subbed off. And I think the people who said he played poorly, I don't want to see him anymore, are being very unfair based on yesterday because he thought he played really well.
0: Yeah, he definitely uh, was unlucky with the goal. He looked uh, pretty distraught. Leif Anderson's forehead, staple of the uh, staple of the pods. Thank Christ we never got Dice as a manager. Awful, hoofball, dirty Northern club. I think he's probably doing what he can do with him, to be honest. But um, I think we all agreed that Patrick Guerra is definitely the man that we want with progressive style of South London football. I
3: agree. Uh, yeah. I agree, Mike. Sorry, I looked at the uh, the programme uh, yesterday. I didn't even realise. You know, Dice has gotten, in, gotten top 10 finishes four, twice in the last five years with that club. Which is amazing. And it got to European Europa League also. So you can hate the style of football, but he's been very, very, very um good at doing what he does with that that squad. I gotta give him credit.
0: We've we've hit 10th once, have we in the in the
3: Correct. nine years? Correct, exactly. Yep. He's done it twice in five. Amazing. Yeah. Um, this,
4: what? this this is why we have to start calling Patrick Statman Pat, can I just point out?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Cheers for that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, I'd definitely rather be Palace this season, though. Um, quick quick uh, point on the ref. Um, you know, Chris Clark isn't here, so we won't get any obscenities, hopefully. But Mitch Mitchell, um, presumably not the deceased drummer from uh, the Jimi Hendrix experience. Another poor display by Moss. Um, difference Mateta makes by being able to get from box to box as a forward, always looking to pick up the loose ball in the six-yard box from a possible goalkeeping spill. Do we need to take more quicker shots on goal to benefit from this? Oh, there's two big points there. I mean, um, referee first. And then, yeah, I mean, Mateo, the, the, style of, the style of play changed, definitely. Um, so uh, one of you pick up the, the referee point. Um, you're in the ground, Kyle, where you take it.
4: Yeah, I so I really try my very best not to slate referees Um However, I also feel like I've become a bit institutionalized by watching them uh, just do nothing about us getting kicked around uh, for the first half or hour and then just like giving these soft warnings to players. And it's like these are, they're doing it tactically to stop us from playing. And like, I would want, like I said before, I would want my team to do the same if I was up against us. But there does come a point where you're like, this, this can't be right. <laughs> like, we can't just, like, wait out an hour of play before the rest will start, like, pulling out yellow well, cards or whatever.
0: D- d- devil's advocate, though. I would say he was consistent in his leniency.
4: Yeah, I, so this was a general point for me about referees. I wasn't necessarily talking about yesterday's, because I feel like yesterday's was by no means the worst we've seen, but was just more of the way that we see referees approach a uh, ref in Palace games, really. Um And I don't know where that side of fairness is because I'm not neutral. I want Palace to be allowed to play the way that we want to play um, without being fouled. But it does strike me like if you want a clean game, you start off with zero tolerance and then it quietens down. If, If straight away you're pulling out a card and saying I'm not having that, then it stops. What annoys me is when we see it go all game. And, and again, this is more of a general point than yesterday's, but we see it go all game and then they pull out a card in like the 75th, 80th minute. And you're like, well, wh- how, how, what's the point? Like, we haven't got that long left. If you've done that at the beginning, that that's then the deterrent that it needs to be. So that's as far as I'm going to go with slate in refs, because I, like I said, I don't like to do it, even though it is frustrating.
0: Yeah, I'd just like to add that he does not look fit enough to be keeping up with the likes of Michael Elisa. He's He... He, he looks like a man that needs to be doing the bleep test a little bit more often.
4: Maybe that's why um, he uh, doesn't like to stop play too much because he just... <laughs>
3: <that too>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and on the on the Mateta point, um, Patrick?
3: Well, I'm going to uh, just go by my moniker, Statman Pat. Um, real quick, they had 16 fouls, burn. we only had five. John Moss is a terrible referee, end of. Um, so that's my thing out there. Um, as far as uh, Mateta, I, 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 I agree. I think his movement is very, very good. Quicker shots. I'm not really sure. I thought Elise took a couple of quick shots. So did so did um Wolf. Both times, obviously, Mateta wasn't on the pitch at that time. But I think we will benefit from sp- um, spills by the keeper because of the three strikers. I think Ben, Benteke, Edward, and Mateta. He's probably the best quote unquote poacher, meaning he's the one that's gonna be around the box more for spills. So yeah. I like that. I like that idea a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it is sad to say when you read off those stats about the ref. That I'm just comparing it to the the other absolute shit that we've dealt with in the last few weeks. Exactly. Um, it, yeah, he it just, just at least he seemed like consistent, which is what should be the absolute baseline of any referee, really shouldn't it? But um, right from Stephen Barton, did we only get a point against the team battling relegation, or did we get a decent draw against the team that just beat Spurs and thrashed Brighton? Yeah, I mean they were they are
1: on form. They were. On- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus. serving times, delivery fee
2: and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
0: Perform and you could see why that system would beat teams absolutely definitely are, are people being too harsh
4: yeah I think oh, I think Patrick's summed it up really well throughout this show really at different times I think it was the kind of game where if at the end of it we'd nicked a winner we would feel like that was a fair result and Burnley probably couldn't complain but right. by the same token if if Burnley had nicked a winner uh they would probably say that was fair and we couldn't really complain so I just feel like it was quite an even game and I think with like, yes, okay, they are battling relegation, but that that doesn't represent their recent form. And you know, we are not mass- a massively consistent team. So I think it was a matching of a team that's not massively consistent um, and a team that's on good form trying to save their skin. And I think that's probably what it looked like as a as a game.
3: And Mike, they have three games in hand over us. If they win the three games, they have the same amount of points that we have. So there's that also. Exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very very true. Very, very true. Um I, I cannot see them going down. Um I thought that they we were set up to beat them in a way that probably someone like Brighton aren't. Um but there's plenty of teams that they're gonna they're gonna bully off the pitch, yeah. Let's finish with uh, a comment from Andy Coleman. And it's it's one of those it's one of those ones that comes up now and again, and you could spend a whole pod talking about it, which we're absolutely not going to do. Uh, we are now so close to being a very good team. Top 10 possible, top six. I mean, top six. Come on now, Andy. <laughs> uh, what, what do we need? To- <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably Andy's had a couple of beverages. Fair enough. Um, what do we need to do in the summer to push on to that next level, both on and off the pitch? Players... New stand. I mean, new stand's not going to help. I wouldn't have thought. I'm really not um, about the uh, new stand.
4: People what, need to be like going crazy for it, but I just I'm not what, entirely sure how it makes a difference to our performance. But maybe I'm just,
0: what, I mean, the new stand will be the main stand, obviously. And one, we're on that. I was reading a whole essay amongst tweeters yesterday about how how bad the atmosphere was, particularly in the main stand. So, um. I'm gonna hijack your comment a bit Andy sorry um what let's rephrase it what are we what is the last couple of things that we need in order to really start getting three points more than one and secondly why was it quite flat yesterday I'll start with you Patrick
3: well I can't come on the on the flatness because obviously I wasn't there but um as far yeah, what, sure. what we need um I would say honestly to to get over the dropping of points, that's just experience for me. That's just, you know, get going through it, yeah. getting more experience with the players. I think we need to add a few players. I think we need a new right back. We need a, a new uh, a center half that can ball play, possibly another goalkeeper. And they are uh, you know, a midfielder, a defensive midfielder. If Kriarte and Luca are gone next season, we need someone younger. But that aside, honestly, I think we're on the right track. I mean, we've what well, we got six, seven new players this season. We're bound to add four or five again next year. I think we're on the right track. Going back to that comment about uh, top six, it's it's never going to happen in our lifetime, guys. It's just not unless we, <laughs> unless somebody buys us. Because if you look at the team that like Liverpool, Chelsea, United, West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham. Right there, that is seven clubs that aren't going to drop off that significantly. For me, if we can finish anywhere between eight and ten every season and win a, win a cup, please God, give us a cup. I'll take that. But we're not going to finish top six. It's just, we just don't have the finances or the ability to do that. It's just too difficult.
0: It's, it's eighth to, to be in the, the European Conference thing, right?
3: No, it's actually I just looked up there. It's actually seventh.
0: Right, Because the way, okay. it, the way it
3: works is it's actually top four get Champions League. The next two get Europa. FA Cup winner gets Europa and actually obviously goes to the winner of the League Cup but again, today like because Liverpool or Chelsea would have won it and they're going to qualify right. anyway it goes to like you're right the 7th place team so that's the best you can right. ask for is 7th but that's again even that yeah. Mike it's so difficult to get to you know what I mean so yeah. League no. Cup League yeah. Cup let think League Cup next season
0: yeah or or we just stay in the Premier League long enough that law of averages exactly
3: um... <laughs> play themselves out
0: yeah I yeah I mean I don't think we need much. I, I, when you mentioned right back, I thought Klein had a, a really solid game. Yes, um,
3: agree. agree
4: 100%. He's got better and better every game, I think. I think that yeah. deserves a shout out because I think he did look a bit shaky. Shaky, not like making massive mistakes, but he just looked a little bit uncertain the first match or two that he played. But he's he's looking more comfortable all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Big fan of Kleiny, so um, I'm not sure if I'm giving a totally objective view, but um, would I, you I think Wally's got.
4: Would you say you have a weird obsession with Klein, Mike?
0: <laughs> um, I don't. I I don't comment about him on WhatsApp in in the way that you, in the way that you do about Jack Button. You um, sound
4: worse than it is, <laughs> Jesus.
0: Um, no, I I think Waldy Scott is um He's got his work cut out to get back in the team for, for a little while now. Um, and that's we'll him, no bad thing.
4: Do you think we'll see him for the FA Cup game against Stoke?
0: Well, let's get on to that in a minute, shall we? That's, that's a very nice segue. Um, yeah, I mean, Andy, my comments just on, on the stand thing. Um, I don't think that the crowd makes that much of a difference, but it, it was quite docile. Um and it brought up all the usual debates about the hf moving and all that kind of stuff um which i'm i'm not qualified to comment on um but i, I would say that it was a strange game where we seemed to have a lot of day trippers um in 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 the lower homestead. um i think a lot of people it was three games in in 10 days and people picked their battles it was a nice weekend probably the first time that people saw their saw their family outside so I think a lot of people didn't necessarily come, including um, the guy that usually does the um, the loudspeaker for the HF. So, I mean, it was slightly quiet around there, um, but it seemed quite slightly quieter, the whole ground. Um, so it's just one of those days. I, I, I don't think that it's a sign of things diminishing and people coming on to Twitter and saying that's that's the end and, the HF have stopped being useful and it's, it's just rubbish. Just it's one of those games. It's still a hundred times better than it was when they weren't there. So um, I think I think we'll leave it there. We're going to have a, a, a quick a quick word about our sponsor Manscaped, and then we'll get on to a few words on Stoke City and the fifth round of the FA Cup. Okay, so hopefully you're feeling cleaner. You've got you, you've ordered yourself some Manscaped stuff. It's all good. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk fifth round of the FA Cup. Let's talk about actually having won a couple of FA Cup games, and feel, we're actually in the last sixteen of the FA Cup. So, Stoke City, Tuesday night, seven thirty kickoff. It's on TV, but uh, obviously you can't be there, Patrick, because you're several thousand miles away. Car and myself are there. Um, what kind of what? What are we thinking? Is, this is not an. I know they're fifteenth in the championship, but this is not a gimme, is it? No, no. Uh, Patrick, start with you.
3: No, not at all. I mean, they're fifteenth. They've not won in. They've lost what I think four straight matches, but they've got nothing to play for. They're not going down. They're not going up. So I expect a, a full strength side from them. And it's stoked, you know. They're gonna they're gonna be difficult. Championship side is always difficult. Um, as far as the lineup for us, I, I'm assuming he's gonna go a lot with the players that have played in the. Cup before, so I expect Butlin to start as they've been playing in the cup a lot. Um, But apart from that, I mean, I would, I mean, he's gonna, I think he'll go as strong as he possibly can. I know we've got Wolves at the weekend, but that Wolves game doesn't mean as much to us as it does to Wolves, so he's gonna go out. He's shown he wants to win, you know, at least do well in the cup in advance. So I'd expect to see the same back four basically, unless Wardy is um, healthy, and then maybe he'll change the midfield around a little bit. I don't expect to see Luca play again, so probably, you know, Hughes, Macker, and uh, Gallagher, and then up front. I'd be shocked if, if you don't see Edward back with um, probably Wilf and Olise, But again, it could be uh, Mateta with uh, Edward and uh, Wilf. So we'll see. But I think it's been a very short lineup uh come, come this Tuesday.
0: I mean, how, how much of that is what you expect and how much of that is what you want?
3: A bit of both, I think. I, again, I think that, you know, unlike, unlike other managers, I think that Vieira's taken it pretty seriously. And again, I know it's been, you yeah. know, three matches in a week for us. But again, you know, Eze hasn't played in a while. Edwards hasn't played in a while, Benteke, so you can, you know, Hughes hasn't played a lot, you know, he's done a good job of, of, uh, you know, using Hughes, Kiarte, Luca, Maka in that midfield, they've all kind of got a rest in the last, you know, three matches, so I think it'll be a pretty strong lineup for us, and I wouldn't be surprised if even Guaita, if he's healthy, is back, so again, I don't think it's hope, I think it's more that Guerrero's taking it seriously, I think we'll we'll put out a very, very strong team, especially at home.
0: Yeah, agreed. Cara?
4: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, I joked in our WhatsApp when we saw the um, that Luca and Schlupp were in for the game against, um, oh, my God. My Bernie, Bernie. Completely blank. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> completely blank, then. I wouldn't say Stoke. I was like, nope, that's who we're playing next. Anyway, um, I joked in our WhatsApp for that, that don't worry, like, Vieira is just saving our strongest side for the FA Cup game on Tuesday. Um and I was joking, but also I wouldn't actually be sad if that was the case. <laughs> um I think like we are having such an upbeat season um that a cup run is just like the the cherry on top. So like going as full strength as we possibly can, I think is probably what we all want to see. Um I agree with the the team that um Patrick listed. Um I think he probably will start Mateta and then bring Edward on later, maybe. Um right. because that does seem to be the kind of uh forward choice that he's preferring at the moment um and then I think we will probably see depending on how the game goes that IU sub come on um at some point just to maybe shore up and see out see out the game if we're ahead or you know strengthen us up a bit defensively if if we need that um but yeah I I just can't wait I'm I'm very excited and I think I'm going to be very very nervous like it's a kind of semi-final or something when we get there because we all just want to see a really good cup run don't we
0: uh, Dutch courage, straight from work, 7.30 kick-off, you would be fine. <laughs> um, I didn't think far enough ahead to get a Stoke City fan involved in this, because that probably would have helped. And I've only just thought about it now as I say this. But I have looked up their form guides. So in the last month, lost to Coventry, drew with Huddersfield. In the FA Cup, obviously knocked out Wigan. Um, then they absolutely came Swansea. Two all draw at home with Nottingham Forest, impressive. Then a, 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 sorry, away at Forest. Then a two all home draw against uh, Birmingham City. Losing at home to Luton. And then yesterday at the time, recording losing at Bournemouth, which is what most Championship sides have done. But the, the one thing that sticks out, three consecutive games, the opposition ended up with a red card. So we're going to get more of the same from what Burnley gave um, from Stoke. You know they're, they're going to be they're going to be pushing. They're, they've they're obviously going for the fails, um, and you know that's that's the, that's the Stoke way it was when they were in the Premier League. Um, and we we've always had trouble beating Stoke. Um, so I'd love to see as they play, but I, I think we need some grit in there as well.
3: Interesting. They have a couple of interesting Palace links, Mike. If you looked at their squad, um, Joss uh, no. Marjo is in their squad. He used to be a, a Palace uh, Academy player. They've got uh, yeah. obviously in Wright Phillips, Ian, Wright, uh, Ian Wright's uh, grandson, and they have a, you know, so that'll be interesting to see if those those two actually play. But again, just see interesting to see how that you know, the links are with the you know between the, them, Arsenal Palace.
0: That's it's it just blows my mind that grandson. Ian Wright has a professional yeah. grandson. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Right, we're gonna we're gonna end the show um, with a few forward reviews from everyone. So. um... We'll, we'll read them out. We'll, we'll go one at a time. We'll start with you, Patrick. If you read out the first one from Thomas, uh, um, and then Cara,
3: Thomas Lopez at CPFC seven zero three, Luca hurt my soul.
0: <laughs> I mean, there, there, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of comments and and a lot on Luca, <laughs> um, so I sprinkled them into the show doc. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely Luca divided opinion. That's no question. No question. Cara
4: Dave uh, at D. Grinham I'm going to say 84. Must be more clinical.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Danielson at that man Darcy. Getting sick of draws. I think that the draws are a sign of. We get if we turn them into wins. Um, I I respect the point, Danielson. That's what I'm saying to you.
3: Dan H at producer Dan underscore never play Luca again. Well, i am making all the Luca hate? Oh, wow, wow, that's harsh. I'm sorry, that's harsh.
4: Wow.
0: Um, this this was unplanned, but I'm liking it.
4: Are you, not doing, you're not just doing a quick switch around, are you, Mike? To make sure all the other Luca ones get to that?
0: No, 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 I'm not. I promise. I promise. Yeah. There, I could have done. There could have been nothing but Luca comments. In yeah. fairness. Yeah, it's true.
4: Uh, Daisy at Daisy J Hollands. We should have one.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair enough, Daisy. John at I deserve a beer. How did you manage to get that Twitter handle? Amazing. <laughs> um, not respecting the point. Okay, after me saying respecting the point, uh, not respecting the point. I mean, I can I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, it's frustrating that Bernie didn't deserve that. Yeah, fair enough, John. Fair enough.
3: London Eagle at underscore World underscore City. It's squeaky bum time.
4: Hmm.
0: <laughs> Is it though? Is it? No. Come on now!
4: What?
0: Come, come on now! Come on now, London Eagle. Turn that frown upside down. Yeah,
4: okay. that's like what are we worried about? We, <laughs> t- turn that frown upside cranking. down. we I, I just don't. I don't get the. I don't get the anxiety. <laughs>
0: Well, it, 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 you know, say say London Eagle's been a Palace fan for a long time. It, it's just it's just built into your psyche, isn't it? But we good, we good.
4: Bearded Eagle, Antifer's barman uh, at Bearded Trabant. Maybe uh, could have been worse.
0: I've got to say, Bearded Eagle, Antifa's barman. Fair enough. I'm I'm assuming that you're um you're <laughs> you're quite the left wing man, and I appreciate the name. Um, which is probably why a lot of our listenership prefers when Hambo produces uh, <laughs> presents the show. Um, but yes, it could there, have been worse. Exactly.
4: Can bearded eagle let us know where his bar is so we can go and pay a visit.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, That's tell great. us, tell us, tell us what, it, especially if you're willing to offer some cup of ice drinks. Uh Mike Deacon. <laughs> Another point nearer safety. Exactly. You see, London Eagle. Another point nearer safety. Um, I mean, realistically, what thirty six keep you up? We're on we on thirty now, aren't we? Yep, I mean, we we've are. still got we've still got eleven games to go, um, and we're going to get low of averages. We're going to get a, a fair few off that. So it's all good.
3: Jeff Masterson at JP Masterson 7 we are Burnley's level. So again, as I said before, if they win their three games in hand, yeah, we'll both be on 30 points. So you're right, Jeff.
0: I, and I, I guess by that, Jeff saying, <laughs> you know, they, they, they've been in the Premier League a fairly long time. As we have. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah we should, both teams should be respecting each other. And yep. anyone that thought we'd go in there and just steamroll them just because they happen to... I've had a load of games cancelled because of COVID. Um, yeah.
4: Holmesdale Gent at Homesdale Gent. Uh, tepid performance cost points.
0: Yeah, tepid is not a bad description of the game. Um, but exactly I think a lot known, of that was...
4: Like we really could have easily lost that game as well. So it depends. Yeah. Like you can look at it both ways and say, like, oh, like, good that we came out of it holding on to the point. And then there will be equal amount of p- people that say, "Oh, we should have, we should have got the three. It's just, uh, yeah, just one of them games.
0: Yeah, and let's finish with uh, Daniel Skipsy, more draws than I care. <laughs> um, Good one. Yeah, I mean, a crazy amount of draws, but I, I think the same amount as Brighton. So it is. Um, both have twelve. Yeah, yep. yeah, uh, amazingly, um, we're we're not out there with way more draws than everyone else um yeah, yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna leave it as a short pod there because yeah, I mean the fact that those last couple of comments probably sum it up. It, it wasn't the most exciting game in the world, so we won't keep you for an hour and a half discussing it. But thank you for listening to the show. Uh, thanks in particular to everyone who got in touch. Absolutely tons of you. We do of course read them all. We can't use them all, especially the four word reviews. But everything we get helps us create the show. It's always appreciated. The preview team will be back with you later in the week to look ahead at the game away against Wolves. And then they'll be reviewing a little bit, hopefully, what will be our safe passage through in the FA Cup. Is that to the last eight? Is the fifth round last 16? Yes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. And then as long as we don't draw one of the... No,
4: don't say don't it. One. Don't say it.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. As ever, plenty more con- content for you all from all around our social media accounts and a wealth of live and recorded shows for you on YouTube, including many involving Patrick himself. Instant match reactions and a a chance to get involved. You can always comment. You can always message DR. He's always looking for more people to, uh, to vent their frustration or say how great things were. Find us on everything by searching Back of the Nest and like, subscribe and be merry. Leave us positive reviews in the right places, especially on uh, iTunes, really helps. Helps with the algorithms, allows more people to to hear about us, Palace fans, that kind of thing. We don't do this, we don't get paid for it, any of that kind of stuff, so that all helps. Uh, But until next time, come on you, Palace.
4: Spring has sprung, and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. Trust me, your confidence will be blooming like the flowers this upcoming spring. Time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use code BOTN to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Mike, I have a question for you.
0: All right, yeah, hit me.
4: Have you ever met someone who finds nose hairs attractive?
0: Uh, No, I haven't. I mean, it's it's possible... um... It's possible that my nan did, maybe, <laughs> judging judging by the length of my granddad's nose hair. But otherwise, no. I mean, it's it's quite a niche thing. And would you trust anyone that did? Really,
4: it would depend on the reasons, I guess. But um, I think you're probably better safe off heading to Manscaped and getting some trimming products, aren't you?
0: Yeah, I would. I would have thought so. Um, I, I can tell you that it's that it's actually pretty damn good for it as well.
4: The, the nose hairs in particular, or all over.
0: Do you know what? All over. I mean, so they, they say they're the global leaders in, in below-the-waist grooming um, and their performance package 4.0, which is what they've, they're have they selling now, um, you know, it's it's meant for stuff below the waist. But um, I've used it for just giving myself a, a number one round... Rounds, when I'm doing my own DIY haircuts as well. Um, So it works, it works everywhere. Um, The weed whacker for the, for the old ears and and nose hair. Um, I've, I've heard from older people on the pod uh, looking at you, Nick Gillard, that it's amazing. Um, And if it manages to sort Nick out, then it's going to sort anyone out, isn't it really? Um, I
4: I just really would love to see the, um, the comments that went into researching whether or not they're the global leaders. I just really, really want to see the feedback on that.
0: Well, if there's 4 million blokes, um, you know, you, you, you can't be wrong. No, definitely. Um, I
4: just, in more, more the types of comments, I'd be interested in seeing uh, what went wrong for people using other products and why they then chose Manscaped as their global leader.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine that John Wayne Bobbitt used uh, the other products, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I who knows? Who knows? It's it, a horrible thing to think about, um, but y- you know that you're not going to get any n- any uh, dodgy uh, cuts and, and nicks and snags using uh, using this, and that's the important thing, isn't
4: it? Yeah, no nicks on the balls with Manscaped. Um, or, or anywhere. Or anywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, But one thing I want to talk about, because it's not really mentioned by the others very much, is is how good that their, um, their aftershave is. So they sent me one, absolutely fell in love with it, and then my son, um, he was sitting on the toilet playing with it cause it was, it was in my bathroom and then dropped it and smashed it. And I was absolutely gutted. No. Um, but it's okay. Cause I've got bought another one for Christmas, but also my flat smelled of manscaped Cologne for about six months as well. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's worked out pretty well. It is amazing. It smells so good. Like it's, it, one quick spray of it and it's there all day so that's that's my that's my tip um but whatever we talked about all you have to do is use the code botn you get 20 percent off and you get free shipping which usually costs a load from manscape.com so yeah basically other than smelling and feeling good this spring what else are you going to get from it carver
4: well, I just think it's, it's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life, isn't
0: it, to be blunt? Yeah, and I do need a life upgrade, yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Don't we me.
4: all? Don't we all?
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All
1: your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go.